that was the opening music to The Frisco Kid, released in 1979. July 13th, 1979. It's right at the edge of, of oh, our window of time when we would be able to watch this one. And you're listening to Classic Movie Reviews, and you can find us on the internet at www.classicmoviereviews.net or in iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. Just search for Classic Movie Reviews. And in Facebook, uh, search for the full word here, ClassicMovieReviews.net, and you'll find us in there. And I'm Matt Johnson, and I'm recording from beautiful, sunny North Bend today. And I'm Bob Johnson, coming to you from Los Angeles, and welcoming everyone back to ClassicMovieReviews.net. And our our movie, (laughs) The Frisco Kid, which... Even now, as we're talking about it, I have to laugh because I just, I, I, I think Gene Wilder <laughs> is in the top five of my favorite actors. He's just he's wonderful in this movie. He's he, he couldn't be better, and in, in some ways, very. Uh, he's per- he's, he's like he's, perfect in this movie. He's, he's so, so good. good, and he's in in a kind of a naive and sweet at the same time. Oh. Naive and sweet and also intense and crazy and zany <laughs> and just, yeah, just everything you'd want from a Gene Wilder performance, you know, it's like in this movie. So a little background on the film. It's directed by what apparently is one of our favorite directors, Robert Aldrich. We've reviewed his films, uh, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane from 1962 and The Dirty Dozen from 1967 and then The Frisco Kid. He was very adept at doing a wide variety of, of film topics, let me tell you. Uh, He's just a great director. Like He just knew how to put a movie together. I looked up a little background on, on Mr. Aldrich. Uh, well, he did about 40 films and a number of TV shows. Um, and he was the cousin to Vice President Nelson Rockefeller. And, and oh, he was related to the... Uh, uh, Chase Bank family, but when he decided to go into the film business in, in entertainment, his family said, "Well, that's good for you, but you're not going to get any of the uh, inheritance from the uh, from the family." So there's a quote, and I'll find it and come up with it later that he made. It's just hilarious. Uh, but, but anyway, <laughs> the film came out uh, right near the end of our 1979 cutoff, done by Warner Brothers. And it's kind of interesting to me. It 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 did okay. I mean, it kind of covered its cost, but it wasn't a big it wasn't a big uh, hit at the time. And I did not see it when it came out originally. It was years later that I saw it. Uh, another bit of trivia that I found when they were casting uh, the film, the first choice for the Harrison Ford character apparently was John Wayne. Oh my gosh! Okay, and I was like. That would Gene have been Wilder different. Wilder and John Wayne. I guess uh, Mr. Wayne, you know, he'd made um, Rooster Cogburn and uh, and uh, the one where he won the Academy Award. I just forgot the name of it. Uh, and he wanted to do another comedy role, but it was he was not doing well. And I guess the background. Oh, so it, it didn't come to didn't come to pass. How can I forget the film that he won the Academy Award for? Jeez, I'm, I need another <laughs> cup of coffee. <laughs> and then Harrison Ford stepped in, and well, what a terrific job he did, man! And what a career! Gosh, I know. I was just looking at his. Uh, so in se- in seventy seven, he did Star Wars: A New Hope, and then a year later, he did Force Ten from Navarone, and the next year, he did Hanover Street, and then the next in that same year, he did Apocalypse Now, and then the Frisco Kid. That was all nineteen seventy nine. No breaks. <laughs> 1980, he did Star Wars Empire Strikes Back. 81, Raiders of the Lost Ark. 82, Blade Runner. 83, Star Wars Return of the Jedi. It just goes on. <laughs> it's like... You know, it's probably possible for him to have a really successful career. <laughs> he's going places. I think, I think he's going oh, places. Oh, my yeah. word. I didn't realize it was... In 1979, it was that five films? I think five, three, three, three films. Three big, three big films, films. Oh, yeah. Man. He was in demand. And still is. Still is. Uh, 
Yeah, I was just seeing. I was just looking. He's got three projects in development, and he's in his early eighties. No, he's the same. He's the same age as I am. Oh, I thought he's, he was. I thought he was in his eighties. Okay, his, so. Well, let's just say it's. So he's still a he's still, <laughs> yeah, he's still a young still, guy then. He's got. He's still a young man in his seventies. Wow, what a load <laughs> that is, for me anyway. Oh man, I. Uh, but I enjoyed the film. Now, a couple of other people in the film that I I wanted to mention. <clears throat> There's a character. William Smith, he plays one of the, one of the bad guys. I forget mm-hmm. the bad guy's name right now. Will, Matt, Matt Diggs. Diggs. Well, William Smith was it was in dozens and dozens of movies for a long period of time. And my favorite is he plays the, the uh, foe to Clint Eastwood in Eastwood's movie Any Which Way You Can from 1980, where they have a big bare-fisted brawl in uh, Jackson. Oh, that's right. He was in that. And, yes, uh-huh. And then the other character that just kind of shows up briefly is Joe Cap. Joe Cap. He plays Paco Monterano uh, during their journey. Well, Mr. Cap uh, is was a, a, an outstanding college football player at the University of California, and then he played in the Canadian Football League and the National Football League. And he's won a, He's been in Super Bowls, the Grey Cup, and he won the Rose Bowl as a quarterback of the University of California. And here he shows up in the movie because he, he <laughs> retired from active sports. But later in 1982, he became the head coach at the University of California. And, oh and I guess he was one tough dude. So I, I watched for him when I saw that he was going to be in the film. And he played a lot of roles like this over a number of uh, years. So. That's my trivia for the day, I think. Well, the the guy that uh, William Smith, he's so recognizable. I was just looking at his uh, IMDb oh, page. I know. He was in Buck Rogers, that TV series. I, I loved that show as a as a kid growing up in the seventies. Um, and then he played Conan's father in the uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger Conan movie. I, I remember that. Really? Uh, from Oh my gosh! Yeah. And, he his last movie was 2014, so he had a really long. I mean, his page just keeps scrolling and scrolling. He's got a lot of credits to his name. He was good, guy, good actor. Yeah, he is, and uh, he plays a really good bad guy in this film. Yeah, I thought he was well cast. I guess for that. I should mention too that near the end of the film, our hero Gene Wilder or Avram Belinsky. Mary's Penny Pizer's character, Rosie Rose, Rosalie Bender, and uh, yeah. she's she's still active here. Uh, does a lot of writing, and uh, for years had a, a column in the Los Angeles Times. But she didn't make a lot of films, but uh, she was excellently uh, cast in this one. I just, I just this movie overall. Just I could watch it over and over and never get tired of it because he's just. It's him. It's, it's well, she's she was in uh, a couple TV shows in 2017, and and she's kind of got credits going back not every year or anything like that, but she's definitely been active uh, in acting for a long time. So that you know, I haven't completely lost my memory. John Wayne's other film was True Grit. For goodness sakes! Oh, True so, Grit. Yeah, didn't we? Haven't we reviewed I don't that think one? So we should though. Oh well, we should we should review that one and the remake because I thought the remake was uh, also really oh good. with uh, Jeff Bridges, yeah, it was. Well, anyway, uh, I've got my memory back now. I've had a drink of coffee, so uh, it, it's a story of a uh, I don't know what a naive a naive rabbi who comes from Poland. And he's on his way to his congregation in San Francisco, and I think he and he's so, and he's sort of he's sort of uh, voluntold, <laughs> yeah, right. by, <laughs> by the rabbi by the rabbi council in Poland that he's going to be going to San Francisco. And there's a really funny line where he says to the, "Where's San Francisco?" and and the head rabbi says, "It's near uh, New York." <laughs> I want to talk to you in private. Speak only English. And no matter what I say, don't smile. 
Out of 88 students graduating from this yeshiva, you came in a close 87. Don't smile. Look sad. There is a new congregation in America. Some Michigan has suggested your name to become the new rabbi. I am forced to take an official vote of the Board of Rabbis. Du git, lamirale stimmen. Alle die, was willen auf hohem Zerfugen kann Amerika, hebt auf der Hand. Close. It's a close vote. But I am the chief rabbi. I am the one who has to decide. So, cowboy, I am sending you to San Francisco. Where is San Francisco? My New York. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's on the same continent. Well, if you look at a map, it's about, oh, seven inches to the... To the left. Yeah, right. It's poor, poor, uh, poor Avram. He finished near the bottom of his class. Uh, it was a close. <laughs> it was a close uh, second to last place. Eighty-six out of eighty-seven. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I think I'm losing it here. I, I just a just a note more on, on Gene Wilder because I I just I can't say enough about about his talent. He made two television movies in 1998 for the A&E Network that are two of my favorites, and they don't seem to reappear, and they were both very popular. He wrote and directed in them Murder in a Small Town and The Lady in Question, and he plays Larry Cash Carter, a detective. Completely different roles for him. And they were just, huh. they're excellent. I have not heard of those. I'm going to look up on, on Netflix or one of the services to see if I can't find them. Again, the two names, for those of you that might want to watch a really well done murder, Murder in a Small Town or The Lady in Question. Hmm. I have to yeah. check that out, yeah. Having him in the film alone raises the rating by three points. Three rating points. Oh, yeah, no, no, no <laughs> doubt. I mean, I, I was reading that... Um, well, at first, when you first mentioned this movie, I thought, well, maybe, is this a Mel Brooks movie? Because they did so many movies together, but I'm glad that it was directed by Robert Aldrich. It just it just had a, a different feel to it than a Mel Brooks movie where uh, it wasn't quite as zany as some... <laughs> there were some parts that were pretty zany, but the overall tone of the movie is, is more leaning toward a dramatic uh, feel and uh, interspersed with some really good comedy uh and and the and the partner kind of the buddy movie aspect of it with him and Harrison Ford is is just oh, great is. there's a <laughs> really neat line near the end of the movie where they sort of realize that they are each other's best friends <laughs> well cuz we made it it's just like i told you right at that big tree and left for a couple days sharp right and then straight as pissed here comes the ocean who would have dreamed it could be so simple? You don't know me. Next time you see me, I'm going to kick your ass all the way back to Poland. Why wouldn't I know you? You're going away someplace? Well, yeah. This is where we say goodbye, Avram. What do you mean? Well, you follow that beach for a day and a half, you'll be in San Francisco. You don't need me no more. Where are you going? I'm going that way. Sutter's Mill. <laughs> That's where the gold is. But I don't want you to go. Well, I gotta go. Why? Well, I got people to see. 
<laughs> Thanks to Rob. You know, I... I make a living. Who's going to be the best man at my wedding? What do you mean? That's for one of your Jewish friends. You gotta pick your best friend for that. <laughs> you are my best friend. I'm your best friend? You're my only friend. Now listen to me, cuz. You keep your eyes on this tukas. Don't you take them off till we get to San Francisco. I never had a best friend. It's such, <laughs> and and at the end when, when there's the wedding, there's a good old Harrison Ford as the best man. Yeah, yeah Tommy yeah. Lillard. And you know, it, it's it's so poignant too. Like Avram uh, believes these people are going to help him get going, so they put him in the wagon, and really. All right, so maybe we should talk about the. We should go through the plot a little bit. So you may have to take the lead yeah, on so, this. So you'll hear my laughter in the background. Yeah, I'll try to. I'll try to keep it together. So yeah, he he gets fallen told that he's going to go to America. So he he takes a ship to America, and this is like 1850. So that kind of gives you a sense of the timing. And he arrives in America, and he's supposed to take this uh, another ship, probably down around the the Cape to uh, uh, go, you know, down around South America to come back up to San Francisco. But the ship had left the day before. And so now he's trying to figure out how to get himself to San Francisco. And there's another character in the office there who's all crying and broken up because he's he missed his ship and he sold his horses and his wagon and he has no way. And could Avram, possi- could Avram possibly help him out? And you know something's up. Like, this guy does not seem on the up and up. And, of course, he gets swindled out of 50 bucks because he says that he'll help them to re-buy the horse and the wagon. Well, it turns out that he never really needed to do that. He'd never sold his horse and wagon, this other guy. Um, and then they, they get out on the road, and, and he gets thrown out of the of the wagon, and all of his belongings get rifled through and thrown out of the wagon. And that's a that's a pretty funny scene, really. It kind of tells a lot about his character, uh, where he's so trusting, but then when things start going south for him, he 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 uh, doesn't let it get him no. down. You know, he just keeps he just keeps trucking his along. His biggest concern was that he he thought that he'd lost the the Torah scrolls. Which oh. yeah, that was his biggest concern th- throughout the movie. I remember yeah. reading something in the background of this that he plays an innocent, trusting, and inexperienced traveler, and I'm thinking, no kidding. <laughs> He's, I mean, he was he like he had a big sign on him. He could have had a big sign on him that said, "I'm very trusting. You can take my money and then beat me up and throw me out the back of the wagon." Oh. That's but that's kind of that's kind of his character's it art, is, though, right? Yeah. So that's him. At, that's him at the beginning of the movie. But by the end of the movie, in that scene on the in the street of that of, of oh, the town, yes. uh, I guess it was. I guess it was San Francisco. I think it. I, I think it is uh, San Francisco. But, he's ch- a changed man. Yeah, he's so he really owns he really owns being a rabbi, and he and he's he's got a great line where he says, "I'm I'm not a rabbi for nothing. <laughs> I, I I can figure this out." <laughs> Well, uh, he, 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 I think the next part of the film, he manages to make it to some railroad. Yeah. So uh, no, he some... no before the railroad, he he's he's with the Amish. Oh, people. that's oh, and that was he. First of all, thinks they're members of the of a of a temple somewhere because they kind of have the same appearance, clothing wise. They kind of yeah, dress similarly, and they've got right. the beards, and he and he thinks that he's found some some brothers, but it turns out that they're Dutch. Uh, Amish folks, and uh, they they actually are really nice to him and give him ten really ten dollars yeah. and and help him to get to the train. So he takes the train, and there's a really funny scene on the train where <laughs> this is where we meet Harrison Ford. Sorry. I'm remembering. That scene. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, 
But I have a big question about what happened on the train. What was up with that lady that sat down next to him and kept trying to, like, push up on him and stuff? I thought that was just so weird. <laughs> as, as opposed to some of the other parts of the movie, which weren't. I, oh, I swear. Right, right, right. I, I did right. want to backtrack just for a second at how, how nicely it was done, how the Amish helped him. You know, they were, they were most supportive and, and they were glad to help him and they were sorry to see him leave. Well, one of the things I was worried about in watching this movie is that it was just going to be one scene after another of people taking advantage oh, of him. Oh, I know. And I, w- and I was like, oh, God, I, I hope not, because that's going to be really hard to watch. But it turns out that it's really just that one gang of brothers that are trying to take advantage of him. But pretty much everybody else along the way is, is helping him out. Well, except for the posse that's after them after they rob that bank. but <laughs> <laughs> Which was sort of unexpected to Avram. <laughs> yeah, that was. So, uh, so then, uh, so Harrison uh, Ford robs the folks on the train, jumps off the train, and then uh, Avram was in the bathroom the whole yeah, time this right. is going on. He comes out, and everybody's got their hands on their heads, and he thought, "Well, this is weird." Some local custom. Uh, yeah, he didn't know what was going on. I, I think on. it'd be safe to say he was so, fairly naive. Yeah, very, very oh, naive. Then he needs to get some money because he'd had all of his money stolen. So he gets a job working on the railroad. And that scene where they were hammering in the spikes into the railroad was so funny. Every time he hit that guy's foot, he'd give him a big hug and say, It's okay, it's okay, I didn't mean to do it. I'm trying to think if that was the Joe Cap character that he was hitting the. F- anyway, it doesn't matter, I guess, but. I think it was looking at his looking at his IMD page. I think that was him. That was funny. A big man, really yeah. big guy. Okay. So then, after the railroad, he 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 gets enough money to buy a horse, and the Joe Cap character and another guy, Mister Ping, I think his name was, uh, played by Clyde Kusatsu. Clyde Kusatsu. That's right. Yeah. Are, are saying, don't do this, you're going to die. You don't even know how to ride a horse. <laughs> and he really doesn't. He'd never ridden a horse but before. good old Avram, he's up for anything. <sighs> so he's out on his own on the plains, kind of headed maybe in the direction of California. <laughs> he's totally lost, I think actually. he finds out that he was going in the wrong direction. Yeah, because he's out fishing, and then uh, Harrison Ford's character finds him. And they kind of hook up and... Uh, are, are, I, I was a, I had a question for you though. Like, why did Harrison Ford's character decide to go along with Avram? Like, what do you think was his motivation there? Oh, I, I think it was sort of a, a almost like a brother that wanted to protect him because he, he realized the guy was just so bent on getting to San Francisco, but so clueless as to make it across the plains. So do you think it sort of reveals, like, in his character that he he really yes. is a good guy? Yes. And he just he just, he just just realized this guy, Avram, is so naive and so out of his depth that I need to help him or he's for sure going to die out here. I right? think so. I that think, confirmed yeah. to me that that uh, Harrison's Mr. Lillard had a good soul, even though he was yeah. a bank robber. <laughs> he wanted to be a bad guy, <laughs> just but he really wasn't was a good cut guy. out for it. <laughs> Oh gosh! And then when they got in, let's see. Have we gone through that foul weather? Where on another occasion? Well, they get into town and they are staying in the um, barn. And uh, Tom, Tommy is saying, "Well, we should just stay here for a few months. It's going to start getting to be bad weather." And Avram's like, "No, we're going to go. I got to go. I got to get to San Francisco." About tomorrow morning. This ain't traveling weather. I know this place ain't fancy, but... But it's got a roof. And like you say, 
It's cheap. So we just stay here for a couple months and then head south. No, I've wasted too much time already. When they banged on your head, they must have mushed your brains. So goddamn worried about time, how come you don't ride on Saturday? I told you it's against my religion to ride on the Sabbath. Well, I got me a new religion, too. And one of the things you ain't allowed to do is die. There's real mountains out there. And that's a real blizzard building up. I'm telling you, we can't make it. I can make it. God damn. I ain't gonna let you talk me into this. It's just impossible. Every goddamn Indian knows that. Every goddamn trapper knows that. I know. You don't like it when I talk that way. But I'm telling you, you ain't gonna talk me into it this time. Am I trying to talk you into anything? Good night. Have a nice trip. Good night. And thanks for everything you did for me. Up until the time I needed you the most. Don't wake me in the morning. I'll try to be as quiet as possible. What do you think now, Rabbi? It's cold. in winter. <sighs> so they go out and they're riding through a blizzard and they almost <laughs> die know. because the, the you know it's like really bad weather and and I love that scene where they had to like snuggle up together. Yeah, they're they're bonding again. It was it was uh, not dissimilar from the uh, planes, trains, and automobiles where the two guys are having to share the bed. Oh my god! Remember that, John? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are those pillows? <laughs> Why are you holding my hand? Where's your other hand? Between two pillows. Those aren't pillows. But again, it's a, it's a form of bonding. You know, I had heck? a weird like I had a weird moment there where it was like a scene right out of Empire Strikes Back where uh, Harrison Ford is riding out to save Luke Skywalker and they have to kill the Tauntaun. Oh yes. And he shoves uh, Luke Skywalker inside the Tauntaun. And I thought, are they going to gut a horse and like stay and like have to stay inside the horse to keep warm? Of course, no, that would have been a shock. That was a different movie. So that was just oh. me thinking of Harrison Ford in all of his different roles. Well, see, uh, then they, then they uh, encounter some Native Americans. And learn, well, let's see. Learn no, that we, we've, we've missed... So then they ride into another town, and that's where they do the bank robber. Oh, hit. that's right. Yes, yeah. And 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 actually, Avram is just so complimentary of this town. Is this just such a nice town? They have bank and so many merchants, and and <laughs> Harrison Ford's character Tommy's like, just just stay here for a second. He goes into the bank, comes out about a minute later, and says, "Go, we gotta go." And and, and Avram's like, "Why?" And I, say, I just robbed that bank. And and Avram's like, "Move it." <laughs> What's happening? We just robbed the bank! What did you say? We just robbed the bank! What do you mean, we? The bank! They just robbed the bank! Great, you just made me a bank robber. What are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, I... I got a little out of sequence because I was fast forwarding to the experiences they had later, and they kind of set this up earlier in uh, in the movie, but it pays off during this sequence because Avram can't travel on Saturday, and yeah. Saturday starts on Friday, so there's like a good day and a half or so that he can't travel. Like on, he can walk, but he can't be on a horse or a train or anything. And that and that is also keeping in mind that they're being chased by a posse. Right, so they so they get ahead of the posse, but it's it turns out that it's a Saturday, so they have to just get off their horses and walk, and and then there's a scene where they're walking towards the kind of the sunset, and and Tommy's like, "Now, can we go now?" Oh yes, and Aaron's like, "Not yet, not yet," and Tommy's like, "Now," and Aaron's like, "Not yet." 
and then finally the sun sets and Abram's like, okay, now, and they jump on their horses and run out right off. Oh, gosh. That was that was great. But that was a good payoff for, like, something. So that's, like, to me, that's a good director who sets something up and a good writer who sets something up earlier on, and you don't you don't really pay attention to it until later, and, and then, then it really pays it. off later in the movie. So... Uh, they meet up with Native Americans, and then they also go to a monastery. I can't. I think that comes later. So the first is the Native Americans, yeah. and you th- and and yeah, I wasn't quite sure how to feel about that scene with the Native Americans. I thought it was pretty well done, and I love the I love the fact that the the chief uh, chief Gray Cloud, played by Val Bisoglio, was just so matter of fact, like. Uh, who? Where he says he says to Avram, "Where are you from?" <laughs> it was a new experience for the chief, and Avram's like, "From far away across the ocean," and uh, and the chief's like, "You you 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 have terrible English." <laughs> but he's a strong man when they torture, you know. They, yeah, oh, I think I think this wow. is where he start his. I think this is kind of where his character starts to change, and he realizes that that it's really important to him his religion and to complete his mission and that he's actually willing to die for that. And I thought that you kind of saw a change in his demeanor and his character after that. I, I agree. Yeah. And that experience would have changed a lot of people. But one of my favorite scenes in the movie happens right around here when they're dancing inside the, Oh the, yes. Uh, yes. With, the, with the native Americans. And <laughs> <laughs> there's a scene where they keep going faster and faster and faster and, and just, before this, Avram had been consuming some kind of, I don't know, uh, drug or something, probably something that the Native Americans had mixed up. It was organic, and though. It was all organic, yes, yeah. Right. And he just, they're going in and out of the circle, and then he, he comes in, he goes out, he comes in, he goes out, and then the next scene, the Native Americans come in, and he's not there because he'd passed out on the floor. <laughs> It was completely taken out of the picture. Yeah. Oh, poor Avron. I tell you, I mean, he had a lot of experiences. We're not even we're not even to San Francisco yet. Yeah, and, and the whole way along, uh, Tommy is sort of this. Uh, he's he's sort of a combination of guide and also uh, he's like a reluctant best friend in a way. <laughs> Keep yeah. saying, he keeps saying, I'm, "I'm not. This is it. I'm not going with you. I'm not. This is the final thing. I'm not going to do this." And then Avram's like, "Well, who's asking you to go with me?" And then he, they end up together, and and Tommy just won't won't abandon him. And it sounds like it seems like Tommy sometimes is experiencing a part of life he didn't know existed. With, with watching Avram and and how dedicated he was to getting to the well, to I think the Bay I think area. also that they they I think. Harrison Ford did a really good job portraying that exact emotion in that scene where Avram's being lowered over the fire. Oh yes, and 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 you you just know that Tommy would have never been able to up until that point have that kind of commitment to something. But I think after seeing Avram, Avram's commitment to his mission, I think he sort of realizes like what's what's really important and it's not just uh i think there's a there's a line in the movie where he describes himself as a bank robber a whoremonger uh <laughs> <laughs> I, I know he goes on for like three or four different reasons of what he is and oh i remember what it was it was near the end when they're at the restaurant and avram is saying i'm not a rabbi yes yep and 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 tommy's like now look you go up and change and then we'll go together, and we'll tell your people that the new rabbis are on. All right? I told you that I can't be a rabbi. Don't you tell me that. Just don't say that again. Not after what I've been through to get your goddamn ass here alive. If you hadn't shot that man, we'd both be dead. You understand that, you ignorant asshole? You do understand that. He was going to kill you, then he was going to kill me, am I right? When you shot that son of a bitch, that was not a sin. Then what the hell are we talking about? When those men were shooting at you, I ran to save the Torah. 
So, I understand that. You're a man of God. I understand that. I wasn't thinking about God. I didn't do it because of God. I don't know one thing about God. I was thinking about a book. I cared more for a book than I did for my best friend. I don't know if you can understand that. I don't want to insult you. But do you understand what I mean? I chose a piece of paper instead of you. I forgive you. <laughs> I know that you do. But you're a good man. I am a good man. I am. But I'm not a rabbi. Don't say that. Tommy, I'm not a rabbi. Don't say that! Why do people like that? You are a rabbi. I'm a bank robber. I'm a card player and a whoremonger. That's what I am. You are a rabbi. You can fall in the mud, you can slip on your ass, you can travel in the wrong direction. But even on your ass, even in the mud, even if you go in the wrong direction for a little while, you're still a rabbi. That's what you are. Right? Then why aren't you a rabbi? Do you think you're just too good to, to stand up for who you are? I thought that was a good line. What happens in this two-hour period of time on the film is the two of them really understand the other the other side of the, uh, the, the, the couple and become closer and closer together. Because yeah. part of Lillard's strength uh, rubs off on Avram, as we find when they have that fight on the beach. Yeah, so then uh, they are at another town. They're not quite to the ocean yet, so they're still kind of journeying, journeying west, and they stop at this town. And I think that is, kind of, is that the Trappist, Trappist Monastery? No, that was after the monastery. Oh, they okay. are back out on the road, and... They're at that um, Red Dog um, Saloon, I think it's called. And Avram oh, that's is like right, yeah. talking about the piano player and how much he likes the piano playing. And then he sees the brothers, the three brothers that, that uh, swindled him out of the $50 and, and threw him out of the wagon at the beginning of the movie. And he's not going let to let them take advantage of him anymore. And he walks up to the the one brother that was played by um, William Smith. William Smith, yeah. Yeah, and and rips that uh, silver medallion off of his neck. And and basically now, of course, Matt Diggs and, and Avram are going to have a fight. And I thought it was awesome that he just stood up for himself like that. He never would have done that. He never would have done that at the beginning of the movie. No, but he, no, he was But in this scene, he is really... On top of it, yeah. And he's just he's about to get his head bashed in because there's three brothers against him when uh, Tommy comes down and breaks up the fight and, and, you know, gets the three brothers out of the saloon. And then they end up ha with a lot of money, like uh, over $200. Yeah, they got more than what, what uh, Avram had lost, that's for sure. But they meet up with these three dudes later. Yeah, so then they keep heading west, and they're on the... There's a really pretty scene. The cinematography in this movie was really good, too. Uh, there's a beautiful scene of them sitting on these bluffs overlooking the Pacific Ocean, talking yeah. about how San Francisco is just a day and a half ride down the, the beach. And again, Tommy's like, okay, well, I got you here. Now i got to head off on my own. And, and Avram's like, oh, no, you're not. You're coming with me. You keep your eye on this tukus. Mr. <laughs> and off we go. <laughs> and they started calling each other cuz. Like somewhere along the road, they, they just call each other cuz. Hey, cuz. Like cousins, you know. <laughs> I love that. Oh. Uh, so they, they meet up with the brothers uh, on, the, on the beach. And the brothers yeah. are going to seek revenge. And again, Avram steps up to the plate. Yeah, what did you think about? I was I wasn't sure if he was gonna pull the trigger on that one guy. I was he was really conflicted by it, and of he, course, I mean it makes sense. He's like gonna kill this guy. Totally conflicted, but I, I knew he would do the right thing. But then he just becomes kind of a mess after that because it's such a 
different experience from him for him. Yeah, because it, it was either either he shoots this guy or this guy's going to kill both of them in yeah. cold blood. Yeah, for sure. And Tommy's like, shoot him, shoot him. He's going to kill us. You realize that, right? You understand. You got to shoot him. Yeah, I thought that was a really good scene because it 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 really brings up a lot of questions about what you would do, you know, for your best friend. Like, what would you do, and like, how far would you go, and would you kill somebody? And I thought it. That's the kind of depth to this movie that I didn't expect yeah. <laughs> going in. You know? and, and, it, and it reappears when they finally get to San Francisco because the Diggs brother just won't go away. He, sh- he shows up again. Yeah, so they, the two other brothers are killed, but William Smith's character, Matt Diggs, is still alive and follows them down to San Francisco. And uh, Avram's having a real crisis of conscience about whether he is still a rabbi or not. And it's interesting because you would think that he's worried about having killed this guy, but no, he's more worried about the fact that he tried to save the Torah before he tried to save Tommy. And he, he he's yeah. thinking to himself, I tried to save a piece of paper over my best friend. And Tommy's like, well, I forgive you. I understand. And Avram's just so conflicted about that until the, the group of uh, folks that are waiting for him to arrive show up and, he decides that he's going to definitely own up to being the to being the rabbi and they're so happy that he's there and it's interesting because there's a scene where he's dressed like a cowboy he doesn't look like a rabbi and the the kind of the lead guy from the town is like well i you don't look like what i expected and he takes off his cowboy hat and takes off his cowboy coat and he puts on his other jacket and he says don't judge people by the way they look you know? <laughs> oh wow! It, and it all comes to a a, a really a happy ending when Avram marries Rosalie. Uh, it's it's just a really it's a fun movie. It really is. I didn't know what I'd expect was what I was expecting when I first watched it. Me either. I I was not at all expecting kind of the depth of character that would be portrayed by both of them really but gene wilder man he every time he was on the screen i was just more and more impressed and and just thinking he's he's one of my top 10 favorite actors of all time oh my goodness and the movies that he's made are many of them willy wonka and the chocolate factory blazing saddles young frankenstein the producers oh he he did 20 plus films and and uh i could watch all of them and never get tired have you ever watched the producers oh i think a long time ago (laughs) oh man well anyway but but what's but what kind of really landed for me this time because i was just how good of a dramatic actor he is like he's a great comedy actor he's he's one of the world's best comedy actors for sure but he's a really good dramatic actor he is, and those two television films that were made back in 1999. Uh, he's playing a pretty dramatic part in that as the detective. Yeah. So, yeah, he had the full range. Um, I don't know. He may have also been a really good singer. I don't know that. Didn't he? Did he sing in Young Frankenstein? I, I feel like... I don't remember. I, all I remember yeah. is his hair. Well, he sang in Willy Wonka, and that, oh that's, yeah, yeah he did. that song from Willy Wonka still is yeah. like haunting. Like I, uh, it's the one when they're going through the tunnel. There's no earthly way of knowing. <laughs> He's singing. Which direction we are going? There's no knowing where we're rowing, rowing. or which way the river's flowing. Is it raining? Is it snowing? Is a hurricane a blowing? <laughs> Not a speck of light is showing, so the danger must be growing. Are the fires of hell a glowing? Is the grizzly reaper mowing? Yes, the danger must be growing, for the rowers keep on rowing. And they're certainly not showing any signs that they are slowing. Ah! 
Yes. Oh my gosh. That's such that's a, like stuff of nightmares. Such a film. He got ill and and is no longer with us. But uh, he never let anybody know that he was as ill as he was. And when asked about that later, his his assistant or manager said that he didn't want people to know that because he didn't want children to think of him in that way. He wanted them to remember the films that he'd made. Oh wow! Yeah, and so he's yeah he's one of my favorites too. We may have and to do several different film festivals. Gregory Peck, Sidney Poitier, Gene Wilder, and uh, if we haven't already done so, Ida Lupino. We've done some of her movies, but not yeah. all. <laughs> We've just laid out another 200 films. <laughs> so my my rating on this uh, is a nine. I'm right. I'm right there with you, going for a nine. I loved it, and yeah, I, I just highly recommend this movie as a movie that I'd never really. I think I'd heard the name just because. I really, really liked uh, Harrison Ford growing up and probably knew about his movies, but never seen it until now. So another movie that I never would have seen without having done this podcast. It's so much fun. When I was looking up some stuff on it, there's a movie called The... There's a movie, the title of which is Frisco Kid from the 1930s with James Cagney in the role. I don't know what that one is, but... I think that's a gangster movie, though. I, I didn't uh, take a look at it, but this is the Frisco Kid, as opposed to Frisco Kid. Yeah, 1935, James Cagney. After a roustabout sailor avoids being Shanghai in 1852 San Francisco, his audacity helps him to rise to a position of power in the vice industry of the infamous oh. Barbary Coast. Oh, that sounds pretty good. That sounds pretty good, too. <laughs> Can't go wrong with James Cagney. So uh, we, give, we give this film a nine thumbs up. Everybody, if possible, should, if they want to see a really good movie, take a look at it, see what you think. Yeah, and it's uh, available through the Netflix DVD service, although the first DVD that I got was so scratched up I had to return it, which was a first for me. Oh. But they oh. obviously sent me a new one right away, which was good. I haven't had that happen. So our next movie, we're moving uh, into a, a film realm that was recommended by one of our listeners. There were a lot of movies made in the 1940s that were comedies. And I think we've decided that we were going to do Cary Grant. Yeah, Bringing Up Baby. Bringing Up Baby. And it brings back memories of my mother. My mother loved these kinds of movies. The I forget the titles of all of them, but Bringing Up Baby, there were half a dozen uh, that she that she always went to see these so yeah I, I i naively well i hadn't seen it and naively from the title had always thought that it was about the uh challenges of raising a baby right like you know your new parents and all the things that can go wrong and how funny that would be but no it's actually has nothing to do with that <laughs> <laughs> he's really good in this film and, it's, uh, it's described as love runs wild for a hapless scientist and an unstoppable heiress in Howard Hawke's classic screwball comedy that ranks high on the American Film Institute's list of funniest Hollywood films ever made. Uh, right. And it, it doesn't have anything to do with a, a little baby. But Howard Hawke's, oh, I'm excited about that. Yeah, I think he remember uh, The Thing from Another World. Yeah, he's a great director. So... That's our next. That's next up. I have to make sure I get that. Yeah. Also available through Netflix. All um, right. Cool. Well, that was fun. Thanks, Dad. Oh, thank you, Matt. All right. Well, that was uh, the Frisco Kid, and <laughs> you're listening to Classic Movie Reviews, and I'm Matt Johnson coming to you from North Bend, and I'm Bob Johnson coming Music to you from Los Maestro, Angeles, and wishing you all happy movie watching.
Oh, my God.